0: Welcome to the weekly podcast of Covenant Grace Church. Covenant Grace Church is one church meeting in multiple locations. This message was recorded at our Menifee campus. And so I, I want to just start off by asking you a question. I want to ask you, what comes to mind when you think of the word freedom? It's probably some kind of version of this, maybe. Um, right? Like, it's... It was something like that, right? Now, I don't know, this picture has bacon and dinosaurs in it, too, which I, I don't know how those fit in exactly, but um, something, I, I think, we, we think of freedom as political freedom, right, of, of American freedom, you know, we are proud to be Americans where at least we know we're free, right? You guys know the song. Um, and, and American freedom is certainly important. And I don't want to make light of the civil and social freedoms that we enjoy here. I think they're unique in the world, but that's not the type of freedom that we're going to be talking about this morning. So I want you to clear your mind. Oh, good, it's gone. <laughs> I want you to try to clear your mind of uh, of that type of freedom. I think the freedom that we're talking about this morning is a type of it's it's a deep, personal, existential freedom that the human heart has cried out for since the beginning. Um, it, it's not just the freedom that inspires revolutionaries and, uh, and the like, but it's, it's this deep personal freedom from fear and doubt and pain and failure and weakness and trial and tribulation that you and I long for every single day. We feel it deep. Um, and we feel it, we, we know what this freedom is like. We have a constant longing for it because we know what it's like to be a slave. And and the Bible refers to this slavery as as slavery to sin and to law and to death. And that's the type of freedom that I, I really don't think I fully understand. And I don't think we fully understand it. And this this early church in Galatia definitely didn't quite understand it. And that's why Paul wrote this letter. This letter is all about freedom. You guys have seen the cards. This whole series is called Finally Free. And for the last four chapters or so, we've been working up to this passage, really. And um, this passage is all about freedom. And uh, we're going to look at uh, these first 15 verses Um, And in just a minute, I'm going to read them. But basically, we're just going to look at two things from this uh, passage here. We're going to look at um, two things that our freedom is from, and then one thing that our freedom is to. So two things that our freedom is from, and then one thing that our freedom is is to, or that our freedom is for. Um, So let me pray really quick, and then we'll we'll dive into Galatians 5. Father, we are so thankful um, that you... Uh, are, are allowing us this morning um, to hear from you, and that's what we're praying for, Lord. We're praying um, that your spirit would come and open our eyes and open our hearts um, to the things that you have for us. We pray in your son's name, amen. So we're in Galatians 5, and I'm going to go ahead and just read the, the passage for us. Galatians 5.1, for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. You are severed from Christ, you who would be justified by the law. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. You are running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion is not from him who calls you. For you are called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. This is the word of God. All right, so first off, we're, we're going to go ahead and take a look at what, this, what our freedom is from, what our freedom is from. And, and take a look back again at verse 1. It says, For freedom Christ has set us free. For freedom Christ has set us free. Uh, what does this mean? Where is Paul coming from here? And, and really, um, if you remember last week, uh, Eric was talking about uh, being a slave. He, uh, uh, Paul has just contrasted being a slave, being born a slave, and being born a son. And he's kind of, he, he's kind of uh, transitioning here, and really what he's doing is echoing the words of Jesus. And, and Jesus' mission was to set us free, and he tells us that in John eight thirty one, 31, um, which, which reads, uh, So Jesus said to the Jews who, have, who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are the offspring of Abraham, and Abraham have never been enslaved to anyone, how is it that you say you will become free? Which is hilarious in its own right, right? That verse that, that they would say that they've never been enslaved to anybody. Uh, but verse 34, Jesus says, Jesus answered them, uh, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. And, um, e- you know, even if you have never yourself set foot in a church, um, or, or you, you, you know, maybe you think like, oh, what what is sin? What are these Christians talking about? You know what sin is, right? You've felt it. You have felt um, that, that feeling where you, you feel stuck, or you've had moments where you've, you've just thought, why am I like this? <laughs> or why do I keep doing this? Why do I keep hurting these people? Um, why can't I change? Why can't I be more like them? Why can't I do better? Um, there's this line uh, in in Moby Dick uh, where, where uh, the the uh, narrator there says, um, "Heaven have mercy on us all, Presbyterians and pagans alike, for we all somehow, for we are all somehow dreadfully cracked about the head and sadly in need of mending." Isn't that true? Don't you feel that? Uh, But how did we get here? How did we become like this? And and, and I think um, the Bible has a great answer for this, right? And you have to go way back to the beginning, way back uh, to the beginning of of the Bible um, in Genesis with Adam and Eve. Humans have always, we've always wanted freedom, right? The problem is we've always been seeking freedom from God rather than freedom in God, isn't that true? There's a pastor that sums it up really nicely. He says, The things that we choose in our freedom soon hold us as their prisoners, so much so that we choose freely what we later find ourselves trapped within. Your passions can create the exhilaration of freedom while leading you straight into a dark and merciless dungeon. This is why the Bible talks about human, the human experience in terms of being slaves to sin. Sin creates the illusion of freedom. In the end, it fools us into thinking, into seeking freedom from God rather than freedom in God. And so, this is how Paul starts this part of his letter to the Galatians, right? He's preaching the same gospel that we're preaching today that Christ came and he lived and he died to free us, not only from the penalty of sin, which is death, right? But also from the power of sin, which is this slavery. This this slavery to sin that we have all felt, we've all experienced. And so the first thing that Paul says is, uh, Christ has set us free from that sin for freedom, okay? So we're free from sin, that's the first thing we're freed from. What else are we freed from? We're also freed from law, right? So there is a way, if you look back at verse 1, take a look at verse 1 again. It says, for freedom, Christ has set us free Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. So even though we've been set free as Christians, there is a way to fall back into slavery. And how how is that? You know, that's the question. And so brace yourselves for a minute. Because Paul's going to give us this answer, and it's going to get a little weird, right? Did you notice that? When we read through it at first, it's going to get a little weird. Look at verse 2. Look, I, Paul, say that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. I testify again that every man who accepts circumcision, that he is obligated to keep the whole law. You are severed from Christ, you who would be justified by the law. You have fallen away from grace. So what's going on here? Um, you, you know, you think, well, Paul must be talking about some kind of maybe like spiritual circumcision practice that this early church was, was involved in, and they're getting caught up in. No this is like literal adult circumcision okay um this is it 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 comes from we we know where it comes from It, it was an old testament sign of god's covenant with uh his people that they would get circumcised and that even converts would would get circumcised too um and so we know where this comes from but there were jewish christians early in the church that were saying yeah you believe in Jesus, but also, you know, we got this other thing too, you know, and I don't know how that conversation came about, and like, I don't know how that affected their evangelism, but um, I, I, it can't help, right? It it couldn't help, and so um, (laughs) Paul, Paul is telling them, no, 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 you're missing it. You guys are totally missing it. Uh, He came to fulfill the whole law, and no one is, No one is accepted by keeping the law any longer. Rather, we're accepted by God through faith in Christ. So when you look at verse 6, look at verse 6 here. He says, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. And I know what you're thinking. At this point, you're like, okay, Check. Like, I actually wasn't even thinking about doing the circumcision thing anyway. So, you know, you're, we're, we're good here. You know, what is what is so what does this have to do with us today? And what this is, this is an example uh, because they were doing it in all kinds of other ways, too. This is an example of, of legalism, right? It's a way of trying to keep the law in order to get right with God or to be accepted by God. It's adding something to the work of Jesus— In order to try to earn your salvation, we know we can't do that. And and I I think, though, um, you know, even though we're not thinking about slipping into circumcision, I think that there are ways that we slide into legalism. And so I I tried to put together, um, I tried to put together a checklist. Okay, and it's not exhaustive. Okay, Um, and uh, you know, it's kind of a you might be a legalist if. Okay, so don't get too too worried if you, you check off everything, um, or, or you might be sliding into legalism if, if, uh, if you know, you, you some of these things hit, but um, I tried to put together, try to put, put together some modern forms of, of legalism for you. And, um, you know, the first one is just, if you like the fact that I put together a checklist, like that, that <laughs> might be, you know, it's, that, that might be a, a good start. You know, you're like, ah oh, yeah, great, you know, this is perfect, so, you know, give me a few things that I can do. Um, so, so that would be the first one, but um, listen to some of these, and maybe, uh, maybe these will hit home. Um, you might be uh, sliding into legalism. If you, if you have trouble accepting a gift without feeling as though you need to pay the person back or reciprocate, you might feel deep down, somewhere deep down, there might be a, a little bit in there um, that feels like God accepts you because you do more good than you receive, Um, uh, you might be sliding towards legalism if um, you look down on people that have not followed your preferred or maybe, as you like to say, biblical style of parenting or schooling. And maybe deep down, um, you might ask, how is God gonna save their kids in that environment? You Um, you, You might be sliding towards legalism if you get frustrated when other so-called Christians, you know, aren't volunteering as much at church as you think they should. But that one was for me, actually. <laughs> really kind of helping out with children's ministry, you know, like that, that one was for me. <laughs> Mainly. But seriously, though, you should volunteer. Um, <laughs> it, would, it would be really helpful. Um, No, but really, no, uh, I can't go on, I gotta go on. Okay, um, it, you might be sliding towards legalism if you, if you feel theologically superior to other gospel-believing Christians of other denominations. Um, so you gotta ask yourself, are you saved on the basis of your Presbyterian or Pentecostal beliefs or by your faith in Christ? What is it? Um, you might be sliding towards legalism if you question a person's commitment to Christ because of who they voted for in the last presidential election. Uh, Deep down, somewhere in there, somewhere in that heart of yours, you might think that God only saves people of a certain political uh, affiliation. Um, You might be sliding towards legalism if you have accepted Christ into your heart several times, but you still aren't totally sure that you're saved. You might think that there's something you're not doing right. Um, You might be sliding towards legalism if you make sure that your kids never come in contact with the bad kids at school. Uh, you might think that it's your kids' goodness that saves them rather than God's. Um, you might be sliding towards legalism if you question God's acceptance of you as his child because you, haven't, you feel like you haven't shared the gospel enough with your friends. Or maybe you feel really assured, on the other hand, because of how much you do. Um, you might superstitiously think that God is blessing you on days that you've been reading your Bible and cursing you on days that you don't. Um, and, then, and then finally, you, you might be sliding towards legalism. If you regularly ask yourself the question, I don't know how that person can be a Christian and also do this or not do that, and you can fill in the blank with any of your own um, unbiblical standards. Um, So let's look at verse 6 again. It says, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor nor uncircumcision, and we can fill in, nor any other religious act counts for anything, but only faith working through love. Amen? Um, And look at how serious Paul considers this. I want you to look at this, because um, Paul says things in this passage that I would never say in a church like this. If it were not in the Bible, <laughs> like, honestly. Um, he gets very, very um, uh, explicit, really. Um, look at verse 1. He says, if you try to add anything to your salvation, you submit yourself again to a yoke of slavery. He says in verse 2, Christ will be of no advantage to you. He says, in verse 3, you are obligated now to keep the whole law. Verse 4, you are severed from Christ. He's talking about circumcision people. It's not a coincidence that he uses the word severed. You have fallen away from grace. And then he just goes completely mafia on this guy. In verse 10, he says, the guy preaching this stuff will bear the penalty whoever he is, right? And then, then, you know, you're like, like, can Paul get any more graphic? Yes, definitely. Um, In verse 12, he says, I wish those who unsettle you would emasculate themselves. So just go the whole way. Um, And then he shows us that even a little bit of legalism is deadly. He says in verse 9, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Um, and, And so how do we avoid this? What's the remedy? How do we avoid this? Because I think I think we're always, we're, we're, we're pinballing back and forth between um, some form of legalism and then some form of, of sin, and, and we've all felt this, we've all felt like at some point, you know what, we need to, I need to get more serious about religion, I need to, you know, start doing all of these things, and we ping-pong ping back, uh, we, 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 we go to the side of, of legalism. And then we find out, like, that's not working. That's making me miserable, and it's making other people miserable. And then we give it all up, um, and and we go uh, over to the other side of slavery to sin, and we just kind of sometimes find ourselves ping-ponging back and forth. So what's the remedy? How do we fix this? And luckily, Paul gives us that um, in verse 5. Look at verse 5. He says, For through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. I love that. For through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. And so what, what does through the Spirit mean? Through the Spirit means walking in the Spirit, which um, we're, we're, uh, we're gonna, you're going to hear a ton about next week. That's exactly where Paul goes after this passage. He goes into walking in the Spirit and those fruit of the Spirit. So please come back. Um, you know, part of that is just praying in those times that the Spirit would lead in your life. I mean, if you could do anything, you know, just one thing this week, just pray that the Spirit would lead in your life in those times. And then look at, he says, for, the, for through the Spirit by faith. So by faith in what? Well, by faith in this gospel, this gospel of freedom, right? Um, so in those times where we're thinking, I either need to, you know, I, I got to give up this legalism or I, I have to give up the sin, you're repenting. You're repenting of that sinful life and legalistic living and reminding yourself of the gospel that really saves you so these things don't save me and this sin that i think that is going to give me joy is not going to give me joy christ is the one who really saves us so that's how we do it and and then he says as we wait um as we eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness as we eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness and that word hope you guys circle that in your bibles um the word hope, when you see hope in your Bible, it actually means the opposite of the way that we use the word hope. So it doesn't, how do we use the, 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 um, the word hope? It's like, hey, like if you told me, hey, um, I, you know, I told you guys like, uh, you know, we got to get our cars out of the parking lot. They're going to lock it up. And you're like, oh, I hope I can do that i'm pretty much going to tell the custodian like oh there's going to be one car left here because they're not moving their car at all right like if you said you hope you do it that means you're probably not going to do it right but when we look at the bible biblical hope means the complete opposite it means an assurance a confidence or a guarantee so this righteousness is guaranteed for us it's a process though right and we wait for that we wait for that process to happen Through the Spirit, by faith. All right, so we have freedom from sin. We have freedom from the law. But now, what is our freedom for? And and luckily, uh, here, Paul gives us this right at the end um, uh, of the passage. He says that our freedom is for love. So look at verse 13. He says, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. But through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. And so this is, this is so interesting. This, was, um, this really it hit me studying. Because we find out here in verse 13 that freedom the freedom that Paul is talking about is not the freedom that we saw at the beginning right it's not american freedom and it's not even personal freedom in the sense that we think of we think of freedom as being the right to do whatever we want it's not that right it's it's actually the want to do whatever is right did you guys catch that so the freedom that paul's talking about is not the right to do whatever you want but it's the want to do whatever is right And you guys know that. I think we all know that because love is not freedom, right? (laughs) Love is not freedom at all um, in, in the sense of doing whatever you want, right? You know that love carries some of the heaviest burdens, but they're sweet and heavy burdens, right? So love in a marriage means giving up a lot of freedom, right? And some of us, it's, <laughs> that's a process of figuring that out, right? It can be a painful process. Um, but it can mean laying down some dreams that you had as, as a single person. Um, it can mean giving up some independence, like some major independence, right? But it's a good freedom, and, and you choose to lay down that freedom. Love is a, a, as a father and a mother, a lot of you guys have experienced that, it means giving up a whole lot of freedom, like a lot of freedom right <laughs> um like like i was just thinking like it means it means spending um more money on the like little people than you actually spend on yourself right like all of the money that you're earning you spend towards these little human beings and like whatever's left over is, you know, that was what you you get, right? It's 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 crazy. Um, it means it means getting interested in the things that they're interested in too, which most of it is all. It's ridiculous, right? Like, I mean, you have to spend hours and hours um, liking things that. As a like a normal adult never should like you know right like you're you're giving up so much of of your own freedoms um I, love in a church like this one um, means being committed to serving people people who at i mean at one point they were strangers right like we, we didn't know each other we didn't have much in common, but we are committed to loving one another in a way that is um, sometimes closer than the than, than your family. Um, and, and I love the song that we sang here at the beginning. And pff, I don't know, I, I, I feel like God plans these things because I certainly don't. And Chad doesn't, you know, work, work it out with me. But there, there was a line from one of the songs that says, Jesus, you have taken hold of me, and in your grip of grace, I'm free doesn't make any sense unless you understand what true freedom is, right? Um, Verse 13, for you are called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. And, and, you know, you, you might be asking this morning, certainly a question that I ask, how can God call us to use our freedom to serve one another? Why would he do that? And um, I think he does that because it's exactly how God uses his freedom, right? So you um, you, you have laid out God as really the only perfectly free being, right? We are all, none of us are free. None of us are free to do whatever we want because we don't have the time or resources or energy or power to do anything. But God. in God, we have this perfectly free being who has power, ability, resources to do whatever he wants. And what does he decide to do? He decides to create a world with people whom he knows are going to reject him. Right? It was not a surprise to him um, when when Adam and Eve chose their own freedom from him rather than in him. And it's not a surprise to him when we do the same, and in love, he gives up that freedom. And in Philippians, it says that he takes on the form of a slave, and he does this in order to pay the penalty of sin that we deserve, so that we can be set free. I mean, that is that is the God of the Bible. That is the God um, that we sing about. That is the God that we serve. And um, you know, if you've never been in a place where where you've put your full trust in Christ, then um, I I really believe that's the reason that God got you out of bed this morning. I mean, that is the reason that he opened up your eyes and that you are here sitting um, listening to that because that's the call uh, to freedom and that's what you're meant to hear. Let me pray. Um, Father, we are uh, so thankful for The freedom that we have in you, the freedom from dead religion and the freedom from slavery to sin. And we're so thankful that um, that freedom isn't just for us. Um, It's a freedom that you have given us to share. uh, And I pray that we would do that. I pray that we would seek out ways to love and serve one another. Your You've been listening to the weekly podcast of the Menifee campus of Covenant Grace Church. If you'd like to know more about Covenant Grace Church, visit us online at covgrace.org.